When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Get ready for a new podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Welcome to the Gridiron. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. All right, folks, welcome into the Corner Booth Podcast, week two. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my co-host, Mr. Mark Riley. We're back, baby, week two. We are in just our second week doing this. We're going to be better than the first one. Let's go. All right, so quick lead off what you guys got this week. We we're talking Bedlam, a bunch of the games like the Titans knocking off the Pats. We've got the rundown, of course. Kelly Bryant, maybe a Miami Hurricane. You'll hear about it. Also, talking big games for NFL this week. How I, of course, beat Mark again in record in our in our picks last week. And I have a little news for Philadelphia Eagles fans and the rest of the NFL. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's go. All right. So, first off, Mark. Bedlam lived up to the hype. You were a little skeptical about this because there was no defense, but I loved watching the game. It just never stopped scoring. It kept me on my seat the whole time while I was at the bar watching it. So, you know what? I, I-, I love the game. Well, it's uh, just crazy because, I don't know, this this game was always a shootout. It was a shootout last year as well. I mean, Kyler Murray is the real deal when it comes to offense, but I don't understand how an Oklahoma team who is top-notch program can just get such poor defensive play. You're going to hate me saying this because I know you're a Big 12 kid, but um, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Haven't you? Yeah, but somebody's got, somebody's got to be like, you can't have 12 or 10 teams that are awful on defense all around. It's like these kids have been recruited to play SEC. They have to at least have some type of background. The coaching just must be terrible. Yeah, the defensive coaching is like literally the most garbage thing ever. So like if like the if the Cowboys end up going after like Lincoln Riley, they're gonna realize like their defense is gonna be garbage. Yeah, because, they're gonna have to grab a good defensive coordinator because he's not worried about defense at all. Yeah, I mean it's it, you know it's so funny. Like you look at like these Big Twelve games. Like I'm an ACC guy, so like even when I used to watch Pac-12 games, when I used to like like Mariota, Michael James, all those guys, like even the Pac-12, you like watch Stanford would play defense, mm-hmm. or like the ACC, like. Miami's known for their defense, a la the turnover chain. Clemson had, like, one of the best pass rushers in football the last couple of years. Like, in the SEC, of course, defense r- runs everything. So yeah. you can tell the difference. Like, a Big 12 team I don't think will ever win the national title until they play defense because once you play an SEC team who can score with you but then also play defense, 
you become essentially obsolete. You look like the Notre Dame team that took on Alabama in the national title a couple years ago when Manti Teo and his imaginary girlfriend couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> That's the crazy part, like, because they're even talking about with the college playoff, like, there's a, the chance that Oklahoma doesn't get in even if they went out simply because they don't see – and like, they could see teams scoring on them, but they can't see them stopping anybody. So it really sucks for the Big 12. They need to fix it. Like, or this is going to be a natural thing where the Big 12 teams are going to get disrespected in the playoff. Well, either they're going to get the four seed every time and have to play Alabama, Clemson, or whoever the number one seed is that year. I honestly, I look at it like this. Like, you talk about, you know, I I love Kyler Murray. I had him as my preseason Heisman pick if it wasn't going to be Will Greer, your boy. So, I look at it like this. Like, you, your quarterback play can win you games in college or pro or even high school. But the difference is, going down the line, you have to be able to play defense. And I actually, I think I'm develop. I'm going to do an article about this for just both levels. But defense does win championships. It still has. It still will. This whole pro offense crap that football's going in. Here's the thing. That's all well and good. But you see the teams who win either make a defensive play, a la our Eagles, or like you know, a couple years ago when the Denver Broncos, Von Miller was the was the Super Bowl MVP. Yep. It, they they took a a loaded Panthers offense and shut them down to 15 points. Like that should just tell you all you need to know. Yep, so yep. football wins championships. A defense wins championship, guys. I, I don't know what to tell you. All right. Next up, Wildcats fall off against Tennessee. Now you picked this game, and I so, called it. I called, called it exactly. I said it. I said Kentucky's gonna lose this game because their offense is garbage. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I just thought there maybe the Wildcat magic was gonna keep going, but it wasn't even close. It was 24 seven. And uh, Wilson only had uh, – I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He went 20 over 34, but he had one pick, one touchdown. They just couldn't move the ball. Tennessee's defense was stifling the entire game. Snell only had about 81 yards rushing, which, I mean, isn't bad for him, but yeah. No. It, I think Pro and Tennessee, I think – I don't know. I mean, they're, they got – I think they're like 5-4 and four now. They, or, they're like yeah. almost 500 now, which is better than they started off. They look like shit. But – uh. I mean, I think this Jared Garantano kid, the quarterback for Tennessee, I think he's supposed to be a high recruit. I mean, he only went 12-21-97, two TDs. But I think Pruitt, I mean, I think Pruitt, I think this program is not actually in as much shambles as people thought it was. But, uh, I mean, that or Kentucky's just had a little bit of a run, and now it's just kind of coming down. I so. mean, I think Alabama, I think Kentucky was still riding that hype from knocking off Georgia, but you know, I mean, uh, Florida, but whatever. Florida, yeah. And now look at Florida; they're three losses, and they're not even looking that great anymore. Felipe state, Franks is playing terrible. The state of Florida just looks terrible for football right now. Let's not even. We're not even going to talk about Florida State. <laughs> they they oh, don't need gosh. to be talked about anymore. Or my Hurricanes, because I can go on a three-hour rant about how bad how they <laughs> play the crap. Um, yeah, but like that was the crazy thing to me. But I mean, like, also, folks, you got to realize. Both, both me and Mark over here literally shot like stupid numbers this week in college because everything was chalk. So there's no real mm-hmm. big surprises here. Um, we're switching the NFL Thursday night game, Panther Steelers. And um, this was the Steelers opened a can of whoop ass and it just never ended. Talk about yeah. being a dead horse, like 52 to 21 final. It just like ugly. Well, it kind of felt like the Vikings, the Eagles, NFC championship last year. Vikings went, came down first drive, put up that touchdown like it was nothing. Then the Eagles had their issues. But, man, because the Panthers, McCaffrey, Cam on the first drive dominated. And then after that, Cam made that absolute nonsense throw from the back of the end zone. When he was, you see when he was getting blitzed there, that pick yeah. six? 
Whew. So, I mean, it's just the watch out for the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell is no, not even an issue anymore because he can't come back. So, they're all full on focus now with the whole team they have. I don't think they're worried about him. I don't know. Maybe the Steelers are back to being the top of the AFC. So, who knows? Well, I mean, that division is such a, such a mess anyway. So, they, it's it's literally like it's the NFC East to the AFC. Literally, like any team could win that thing. And well, so I mean, I guess I guess because the Bengals are falling apart per usual. And then, I mean, the know, Ravens with Flacco. Well, Flacco's like being – he's hurt. So, who knows? Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to – I think Lamar Jackson's starting this week possibly. I freaking hope so. That'd be, that's, that's just electric I will, football. Well, I will literally go to the – like since the Eagles Saints aren't until 430, I will literally go – Watch Lamar Jackson play. I will tell my bar, the bar, t- I like my sister's bar. They have Sunday ticket. I will literally go in there and tell my bar, I'm like, Gab, I need to see Lamar Jackson play. Throw the Ravens on right now. Yeah, Ravens and Bengals too. That's going to be. I mean, if the Bengals play any, play any defense like they did last week, it's going to be high scoring. So I'm starting the I'm starting the Ravens defense against the Bengals this week, just because I am like, you know, AJ Green, no problems. Exactly. So that honestly, I don't know what to make about the Panthers though. They just look, they're so inconsistent to me. Like. I mean, you could also maybe chalk up to a little bit of a Thursday game and they were riding the hype from last week, but, like, still, like, the Steelers just absolutely beat them in. Well, I'm just pissed because I said I had picked the Panthers this week just because I was like, you know what? I'm tired of doubting them. I'm tired of doubting Cam. I warned And what I do they do? They freaking doubt. You stuff. did. You called it. You were like, you're like, don't do it. It's a trap. I was like, no, I'm not falling for this supposed trap. And then, what do you know? I finally trust Cam Newton, and this shit happens, even though their defense played terrible, too. But, I mean, I don't know. I still think the Panthers – in that division, I don't know. I, I wouldn't just throw them away yet. I think they just had one of those games where they just got their ass oh, into no. them. They're still gonna get. They're still gonna be like a, four, a fifth or sixth seed wild card spot. Yeah. And now the matter is, who's gonna get that sixth seed? It's gonna be. Is it gonna be Washington, Philadelphia, or some other random team we don't even know about? So we'll, we'll talk about Philly a little later because I'm still a little pissed. About I was gonna say so. I could go on for hours, but we don't need yeah. to worry about that right now. Yeah, that's what, that's what the final notes for. Um. So, uh, Titans, Pats. Now, this was awesome. I'm sorry. I like Tennessee's that team I've been rooting for all season. Even when they beat us, I was not salty about it because I'm like, you know, I've been rooting for this team to like rebound because I love Mariota, I love mm-hmm. Kirk Davis, I love Derrick Henry, and I love Mike Rabel because he's, Mike Rabel is a great like he's just he, he's a coach's guy. Like you gotta love him. There's no reason why you wouldn't like him. He is a monster, and it's like I love watching it. Love watching like screaming everything, and it's hilarious because he, he's a meathead playing high coach. Yeah. But I, you know what? They just they ran the ball, they played defense, they moved the football, and they kept Brady off the field. That's yeah. Like, and Brady looked Brady did look a little off too. It was like a lot of passes he was trying to force, didn't look like he had stuff. But can we just not have this whole thing like, oh, the Patriots look like they're done? Like, no, they lost one game. They'll get back on track. Oh, no, they're still going to win that division. They're still going to make the playoffs. Still probably going to like win a one or two games. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you that right now. But they are still a good team. They still deserve our respect as a dangerous roster. But, like, because they have Brady. And Brady had one bad game. They always have this Patriots game mm-hmm. every year. Do I think you should discount the Titans? No. But it was still a great game. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those, like I said, like, Titans are playing well. I think they're finally, like, they have the talent. They're just finally doing, like, succeeding with it. LaFleur coming from, isn't their offense coordinator? I'm pretty sure he's the old one for the Rams, I believe. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I think his name's LaFleur. Yeah. But LaFleur, he, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, finally they're getting this figured out. Mario seems like he's healthy. So, I mean, I just, like I said, the pages, all I've been hearing on the radios and uh, first take stuff like that is, 
oh, the Patriots are finally come back down to earth. No, they just had one bad game. No, They'll be back. This is why I hate ESPN. Yeah, you can, I'll say that right now. If they if they hear this when they're trying to hire me later in the year, whatever. This is why I hate about the ESPN hype machine. They like this is why they've like lost off. And this is constructive criticism, I guess, is because they are trying to sell this whole e- Patriots fall off. Like, stop enough with the clickbait crap. The Patriots are not falling off as much yeah, like as they this still beat ratings. the Chiefs. Yeah, they, they still, still beat, beat the Chiefs. They still yeah. beat the Bears. Like. <laughs> They've beaten good teams. They just yeah. literally ran into a buzzsaw defense and a good running game. Like that's how they're set up. And they're at the Jets next week, and it's going to be the critics are going to be, oh, Tom looks great again. It's like it's- yeah, it's going to be like because you know the Jets are just absolute disaster. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colts Jacksonville. Now this was interesting because I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars because I thought Fournette's back. It's going to change how they play offense. And, I mean, for the most part, they could score. They just fell behind early. And, and the Colts did not use Marlon Mack at all, which made me twitch for most of Sunday. But, you know what, I still ended up winning in fantasy, so I'm not completely ticked off. But, like. I mean, yeah, I. Well, you, like, not watched the game and looked at, um, what's it called? Fournette's, like, stats, you would have never have thought they actually lost that game. Yeah, you know, it was the Eric Ebron show. That's why. Like, he yeah. is a he is a monster. And maybe it just shows, like, maybe he just was in the wrong system. Or the coach he had was just not good. <laughs> I mean, who, I mean he, he Caldwell at the time. I mean, yeah, I Caldwell. I mean, you know, honestly, he had a good quarterback. It's just better. I, th- I think Stafford's better than Luck. But, like, oh, I just. Oh, get that. Blast me out of here. No, I will debate that. Guy. I am an anti-luck guy. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. How? Because he's all this hype out of college. But the thing is, yeah, oh my God, he's he's had okay talent around him. But there, Matthew Stafford has kept that team together and gotten to the playoffs with nothing on the back end. Why well, I mean nothing? Me, I mean what do you nothing. mean? You're literally talking about Andrew Luck, not Matthew Stafford. Andrew Luck went eleven and five in like his second year. Took they won a playoff game. He come. He, they've had. You saw what they had before Luck and with Peyton Manning being hurt. Absolutely nothing. Dude, Matt Stafford's had all the opportunities in the world. He finally has a running back now, and they still suck. They don't, it's because their defense has got awful, and they have a frat boy playing playing head coach. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to debate this right now. I just think that, honestly, I would rather have Stafford, than, Stafford in his prime than Luck in his prime. I don't know. Maybe Luck could prove me wrong. I just, like... I don't know. Just I think they they overhype. Maybe it's because I've been listening to Cowherd for too long since I was a little kid, and they've been talking about they, they've been talking about Andrew Luck like he's Jesus for the last like five. That years. is fair. And Cowherd is a huge Luck fan, but we should we should try to do a uh, a split column where if we can both like have our debate through like I don't know, we'll figure that part we'll out. We'll do but... a po- we'll do a podcast special where we debate yeah. this. Well, like a thirty-minute special. Thirty-minute luck versus stat. Matthew, what is the uh, one guy says on Matthew Pats is Stadford? <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, it's Rob. It's Rob Parker. Rob Parker. By the way, guy. an SCSU alum, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm I'm fired. I'm fired up though now. You, you I love Rob. I love Rob, uh, Parker, man. If we could ever get like a, him as a guest on the show, I would love it. I, I don't. I don't know. That's pie in the sky sh- crap. Oh yeah, I was like, let's work on getting one. But yeah, let's keep working on getting something here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, NFL. So records this week, your boy went twenty three seven and one, and Mark went twenty two and nine. Um, so still, I am still respectable. Still respectable. Two and zero right now. Um, here's the deal. 
Uh, 23-7-1. You're saying, Jared, how'd you get the, what's the one? Um, your genius host over here forgot to pick the, the Penn State-Wisconsin game, so I put it as a not available, and I won. So it's I mean, nice. that game was so terrible anyway, it didn't even matter. Big the game. boring Big, Big Ten, Ten game. Oh. Sure. And Severn, Michigan, I mean, their offense is looking pretty great, finally. I watched the ACC for good fluid football. I watched the Big Ten for scoring, I mean, Big 12 for scoring, and I watched the SEC for championships. That's pretty much college football in a nutshell. Yeah. I can't believe Alabama, real quick, put up another zero. Like, they didn't give up any points again. I think all this talk about Tua and how great this uh, the defense offense is. is getting pissed. They're like, yeah, the like, defense is like, whoa, 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 this is still a defensive team. And now yeah, it's well, like, wow. Yeah, now they're just unstoppable. Like the only way they're gonna lose is of like Tua, like like it comes out Tua's like a drug dealer or something like that. Oh my gosh! That and be... you know Saban would cover that up anyway. So who cares? Um, because he's the mafia boss of Southern of Central Alabama. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a buddy of mine who actually goes to Tuscaloosa, and if you say War Eagle in front of him, he'll actually like try to punch you. Oh, they play. Uh, my my uh, old principal back in the day said that when he went down to visit Alabama, that they play. Like during non-football season, they'll play old games, and the the fans will cheer just like it's a regular game. It's like, like the, it's, it's like, a different different breed of different breed of football fans down there. It's a weird. It's a like there's something very weird in that water. Um. All right. So, without further ado, uh, Mark, I think it's time for the rundown. We have the rundown today, and it is a good one. First one is Jimmy Butler is in Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. You really were going to do this on the first pick. All right. Oh, All right. yeah. All right. Get get the Creed music going. I'm about to go to war for my Timberwolves. Let's go. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is in Philly. He came along with Justin Patton, which I didn't even know about, which I'm pretty hyped. I know he's, he's hurt a, he's and all a, that. He's a good player. It's just like he's he's a good backup center. Exactly. And we have Joel Embiid, so Sixers are fine. And then they gave up Sarge. Covington and the I think it was Jared, 2022 second round pick and Jared Bayless and go ahead take him in his headband you can have him <laughs> okay you know what all right so first off I'm going to start off by defending my Timberwolves and why we won at least half this trade here's why I was having a conversation about this in a lot and actually my gym locker room today and um here's why Jimmy Butler was a cancer to our locker room because he instantly didn't mesh with the guys. Because Towns and Wiggins, yes, they need some growing up to do, but they don't need a guy like Butler who can come off as kind of a bully if you're not like an alpha dog or like you're not like an experienced vet. Like that's like there's a reason Butler like like the 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 Bulls were so easily ready to get rid of Butler. It was it's not like there haven't been warnings that this dude is not like a bad dude. Like the, the whole like, the fact of the matter is people been writing about this from Barstool to Fox Sports One to ESPN. It's like. If Butler doesn't like be a teammate, a good teammate in Philadelphia, he may have that like mellow X on his body for the rest of his life because in Minnesota he had a tailor-made thing and uh, yes, he was hurt for 30 games, but or 30 plus, so I it might have been more. I felt like an eternity when he was out because he kept losing games because Wig- it was Wiggins and Towns every night trying to fight for wins that we could nobody else could play defense besides besides Towns. But otherwise, Here's what Minnesota got the best possible return. I was saying this for the get-go. If Minnesota's going to trade Butler, I don't want draft picks. I want pieces. I want a defender. I want a three-point shooter. I want a big man to keep. So here's what we got. We got a good big man who gets scrap points and plays defense. We got one of the top-rated wing defenders in the league. Yes, Covington's a good player, and he does shoot threes. Also, he shoots a lot of them. And you know what? Speaking of shooting threes, Jared Bayless. 
Three-point shooter. Minnesota's one weakness last year, and this was like a problem, was they could not shoot threes in the playoffs, and they got burned on it, especially against Golden State. I mean, against Houston. Oh, yeah, but by the way, against Houston, Jimmy Butler was useless. It was Derrick Rose who won us that one game, okay? Like... All right, well, in fairness, I think, though, that I, I doubt that Jared Bayless actually even stays on the team. No, I can okay. see, see it. You think? Yeah, because you know what? The thing is, Minnesota, their bench is very, is a lot of, like, run-and-gun guys. So yeah. Thib- Tibbs is like, I get two three-point shooters and a big man for a guy who was tearing my locker room apart. Um, win? I mean, as I, long as you like it, I definitely like it. I think Sarge is Tibbs' new favorite player because that dude plays – his ass off and does not I mean, stop. So I think he's going to, he might kill, he might kill thing, Dario. Here's a, theory, here's a little theory for you. Um, Timberwolves move cat to the four, put Sarge at five, have Taj come off the bench as an energy guy. Now, now towns can stretch the floor and keep shooting. Like he likes to, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to grind down low every, every five minutes, yeah. which is going to make every, cause he's a seven foot. If he's a seven foot power forward, that's devastating. And now that allows Wiggins and, Rose and Covington and uh, my boy Jeff Teague and by the way low key rookie of the year watch Josh Aoki our shooting yeah, guard he's, he's, he's playing a really well monster. this dude is a freak and now that Butler's gone he's going to start and he's going to play out of his mind so I, I'm i like I'm excited I think this I think this literally makes Minnesota a playoff team now okay alright that's your argument I'm not talking about a 4 or 5 seed I'm talking maybe like a 6 or 8 but still, like they are a legitimate, viable team in the West now because this team, this trade, got rid of a player who wasn't even playing for the last week and three weeks and gave them viable pieces to patch up the holes in the roster. Now, this is all buying on the fact that Towns and Wiggins grow up and play as hard as Rose is playing, but I, I can see that happening now that Jimmy Butler's gone. Okay, that's a lot of hope, and you can have your six and seven, eight seed in the playoffs in the West. Go ahead, because. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to do you much because you're going to lose first round to either the uh, Trailblazers, the Warriors, but that's we can talk about that closer to the postseason. But the Sixers yeah. finally got a scorer, somebody that can help end the game. That's been their huge problem. You can't rely on Simmons, one, to score late because he's not going to get a shot. He can get to the hoop, but doesn't mean he's making a foul shot either. Is that his girlfriend? Kendall, Chen- Kendall Jenner is a better shooter than him. She doesn't shoot her shot very often. That is for sure. But, uh, I mean, and then you got, like I said, he plays hard. I think, I mean, if you like your end of it, I think the Sixers got I a good deal for it. Both teams won. I swear, it's like one of the few times in the NBA where both teams won the trade. Yeah, because, I mean, Butler wasn't going to play for you guys anyway, so you might as well have given him up. And like I said, yeah. you got two young talents that, I mean, Sixers just didn't really need as much. So And, both, and all three guys are under multiple-year contracts. We're not losing any of them next year. So yeah. it's like... And you got Covington, I think, on a solid, like... People in Philly were pissed about his contract, but I think it's not bad for down there. And honestly, for like the only guys who have under contract who have big contracts with us are Towns and Wiggins. Rose is on like a on like a year to year contract, and Teague's was pretty low, and so was Taj's. So like the only big guy we dropped was uh, was Jamal Crawford, and we didn't resign him because we didn't want to pay him like eleven yeah. million a year. So honestly, I think both teams won. But uh, all right, next topic. All right, so this is the rundown. We try to mix it up, so we're going to stay in the NBA just so we can maybe stay off of uh, NCAA football and uh, NFL. So we got Draymond Green just was recently suspended one game because of his little argument with uh, Kevin Durant. All right, uh, you know what? My opinion on Kevin Durant is this. Um, He's a bitch. 
And um, he's a baby I mean, back B-word. he's a he's a he is what uh, Terry Crews in uh, Long Shark Guy is a baby back. And you know the thing is, I'm not I'm a professional. Like I try not to like say like that kind of stuff in the air. But he comes off as a guy with no spine. And the thing is, like everything from that next chapter. And you know, if if God forbid this comes out in like five years, if we're actually begging Kevin right here, I apologize. But you know what? He's giving me no choice. I you don't, don't even have to apologize. <laughs> I don't like the thing is like listen, I I stand by it. Actually, I take back that. I stand by it because, you know, what the thing is, like, he has not shown me he has a backbone. I was arguing with some guy in the locker room. I would rather have Steph Curry because, yeah, he's a little yipping chihuahua who can shoot threes, but he actually backs up his yipping. Yeah. He doesn't, like, cower behind his other teammates. And Draymond Green, probably, who is one of my favorite players in basketball because he plays basketball like he should be played, he, like, literally just probably went up to him and was like, you're a little bit. He probably said something about that. Like, he got in his face probably about something. I don't even, do you even know what the argument So what was? happened was it was uh, they were playing the Clippers. It was the end of the game. Lou Williams took a shot with, like, eight seconds left to try to win it. They both went to grab the rebound. Draymond took it and went up court and like tripped and they didn't end up, uh, they ended up going to overtime and Durant was pissed because he thought he should have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I mean, that's a lot of an ego, honestly. In the oh, end of the it for game. sure is. But oh, I think the I'd crazier have, part they, is, I think the crazier part is that they actually, because I guess in the locker room it got worse. And Draymond was talking about, oh, what are you going to be doing for agency? All that jazz. But the fact that he got suspended means that Everyone's standing up for KD, like because well, the, the thing, team suspended him. Not even it was the, the Warriors that suspended Draymond. Well, here's the thing about the Warriors. I have a weird. Th- here's this is my conspiracy theories. You know how I love doing these about the NBA. Yeah. Um, this this the Warriors won't win the title this year. It's going to be some random team we're not going to see coming. It could be your Sixers. Could be the Celtics. Could be the. Like oh, what is it? The Raptors? Maybe I don't even know. Like that's the Eastern teams. Like the West. It could be. L.A., it could be, um, oh, what is it? You know, I'm spacing the Houston. And the thing is, like, here's the thing. I think in the playoffs, you're going to start to see this flare even more. Because I never trusted this mix of Draymond, Kevin Durant, and just wait until Boogie gets here. That's just yeah. a dynamite in a lit in a, into a lit fire. Like I'm like waiting for this to blow up. And the thing is, yes, Steve Kerr's a great coach, and Steph Curry is a good leader. But the thing is, how much can you control with two seven foot two pot two seven footers and a and like one the NBA's best enforcer duking it out in the middle of the locker room because they all want the ball at the end of the game? We're going to tell Boogie he has to only take five shots a game. I think this is going to get worse. I think Clay's going to LA in the offseason. I could see KD going uh, back to OK. No, I'm just kidding about it. Maybe going like San Antonio or something, or, you know, going to like some other West team because he's yeah. like, like. And the thing is, this is the last, I think this is their last, like, kind of shot. I think Boogie's out. So it might be just be Steph and Draymond at the end of this. And because the only two guys under contract. And. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, this could get ugly fast because if they if this happens during the season, this could just be a complete blow up and everyone's like, Oh, the evil reign of the Warriors is over. So honestly, this I think this is a we should read into this a little more than like as face value, because if things like this keep happening, I don't think this is something Steph Curry's like clutch three pointers can cover. See, I think you're just one year too early because I do think that this is gonna fall apart. I like I don't think it's gonna stay together. I think that Steph and Clay and Draymond, well, I think we'll all still stay together again. I don't think Clay cares enough to go be his own. Like, I don't think he likes the media that much. But 
I don't think like you can have all the issues in the locker room with this team, but when it comes down to the uh, the championship, they're not. I don't think they will. They're they're gonna figure it out. There's nobody that's gonna stop them in the West now that I mean the Rockets are playing terrible right now. So who knows? But I don't know. I don't think that. I don't know. I'm all not right, sure. So one year, actually, one year too actually, early. I'm pro- proposing a bet now. Oh. So if the Warriors don't win the title, you buy. I will come down to Philly, but you got to buy the first two rounds. First two rounds, I'll buy a bottle. <laughs> yo, yeah, you'll buy, yo, you're you're buying like a, a bottle in the first two rounds. All right, like we'll we'll maybe we'll edit the bet. We'll we'll think about this off air and we'll yeah. reveal it next week. Because uh, by you guys don't know, Mark is from the Philadelphia area, and I am a huge Eagles fan. So is he. So maybe who knows? Might might be going to a game next year or something like that. Who knows? If yeah. he doesn't get sick of me by then, but uh. <laughs> You know, like we'll, we'll we'll figure some kind of bet out because I am I am actually like in my bones now. I'm starting to feel like maybe there's a crack in the armor, and this might be a crack that maybe not. And like who knows? Like the Lakers could get somebody at the deadline that could make them a, a playoff team. I'm not like a viable playoff team. I'm not sure, and so we don't know yet. And their Tyson Chandler acquisition is very underrated because the guy's playing mm-hmm. great defense and he's playing for a title. He's doing what like Iguodala and David West did in Golden State the last two years. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think this might be more than trouble, but I mean, I agree. It definitely seems like something's up, but, uh, yep. So off of away from the NBA now, uh, back to NFL, Hugh Jackson is a coach again. <laughs> the NFL. How can like, somebody <laughs> be so bad at something, but get another job so quick? Well, because he's an offensive genius when he's not in Cleveland. I think that's just that whole I think with Hugh Jackson, he bit off morning and chew in Cleveland as a head coach. I don't think he was ever good as a head coach. He's like, he's like Wade Phillips in Houston as a defensive yeah, coordinator, good, or North Turner as an offensive coordinator. Like these guys who just don't have, or Rex Ryan, if he ever goes back to coaching defense, they're guys who are not built to be. I, I swear to God, if Jason Garrett gets fired and like the Texans pick him up as an OC next year, he'll be fine. He'll yeah. like let he'll turn Deshaun Watson into, into like the next Warren Moon because he's a good offensive coach. But when you have to think about defense and special teams and personnel and off field and on field stuff, instead of just thinking about offense, which is what these guys were hired from, or defense, you see it instantly. They it, some guys just can't handle carrying everything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh... I mean, but the, if they if he goes to the the Bengals and they suck even more, now they have, I mean, they just got blown out. That's not uh, on the offense, but I mean, I hope. He, I mean, I don't want people to get fired, but if my man got fired twice in one year, oh my god, that would be something else. Yo, that would be probably the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. And he, he'd go on first take and explain why he didn't have enough chances. <laughs> <laughs> he would do something crazy. Like that. I, I I can honestly see that. But I don't know if, if Marvin Lewis is just like he. Marvin Lewis must have so much more power than we all think. I mean, obviously that's why he's still there because Hugh Jackson's his guy, so he got him yeah. back like it's no problem. I mean, I don't know, but uh, staying in that division, Le'Veon Bell, my guy is just on vacation still, and he just he just blew fourteen point five million dollars by not showing up today, and now it cannot play for the Steelers or any team the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen. Apparently now Philly's the favorite for this. So that's another whole story. Ugh. But here's the, I don't I don't want him. I, I'd rather have like another speedbacker. I'd rather have a Jahi and a speedback left. But you know whatever. Here's the thing. He the Steelers did him dirty. 
they so did him dirty. And the thing is, like, I was, I had this argument with my uncle and his father-in-law at a hibachi table three weeks ago. It just <laughs> ran. I'm not kidding. We were all. It was my aunt's birthday. We we're down in Jersey. The details is the Yo, best part. I'm a great storyteller. You should know that by now. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and his uncle's like, "Oh, his his father's like, oh, you you know, the, these players don't love the game anymore." I'm like, "Here's the deal. Le'Veon Bell plays the most abusive position in football." And here's the thing. This guy has been running his tail off for the Steelers for the past five, four or five years now. And a lot of tread, he's been, he's been ripping off those tires. And the Steelers, for the last two or three years, have dropped a franchise tag on him. If that was me, I would be going livid. You can't, like, it's like you're, it's like you're saying, oh, one more year, one more. It's like, it's like, uh, got it. Uh, it's like, it's like. You're da- it's like a girl's dating a guy, and the guy goes, "Oh yeah, let's get engaged, but we can't get married this year. I got to do this, or we can't get married this year. I do this." It's like the same kind of thing. It's like you got to make a commitment yeah. to the to the player. And the thing is with Le'Veon Bell, he is such a good running back. Where if you offer him that money and his running style, his running style translates to longevity because he doesn't just run three thousand miles an hour into the hole and fall off. He's a patient back who will run out of bounds, who knows how to keep his body up on the ground or fall down the right way. I've never seen Le'Veon Bell get hit where I look like he's going to get injured. He's one of those few backs yeah. who's so intelligent, he knows how to play. That's what makes him so dangerous. And he's going to go to some team next year who's going to chuck a bunch of money at him, and he's going to produce Pro Bowl-like numbers. And the Steelers locked out because they had James, Con- James Conner. But if they didn't have James Conner, they would look like the biggest morons in sports right now. So well, if they didn't have James Conner, Le'Veon Bell would be playing already. That's my exactly. theory. They, 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 oh, yeah, they probably would have checked money at him. But the thing is, is that you can say the Steelers did him dirty, but he's doing this like a couple of years too late. Like he's turning 30. I understand that's why he wants his money, but he shouldn't have accepted those two past franchise tags. Should have done this whole sitting out thing when he was 26, 27 years old. He has to do about this. And then I understand. Get your money. You deserve it. You're also like they used you so much to the point where you were bound to get hurt, which he he was on and off with his like ankles and whatnot. But he shouldn't have done this whole thing where he kept like teasing everyone like, oh, I'll be back week seven. Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'm back in Pittsburgh. See you in Miami. All this stuff like that's the part that just pissed me off. And it's like, you know what, dude, don't play like like uh, it just was it's like he, he dragged it on. Like it's not like he just had the Steelers like. They get questioned every day, and nobody knew what was going on, and then he doesn't even show up at all. So, I mean, it just kind of got to the point where it was hard to stay on the side because he just seemed like he was just making this way bigger deal than it should have been. So, well, I mean, honestly to me, I, I saw with Bell because he took this – this is personal. It, it got personal when – and then also the worst part is he was leaning towards coming back, and then you have, like, the offensive linemen coming out, like, the linemen coming out and talking crap about him and, like, on Twitter and stuff. It's like that, I think – completely blew this dead. I think this was dead the second the guy started talking crap. I also don't think he's in shape. There's been pictures either. that came out and he's like not looking too hot. I was like, man, he did not want to come back and then look terrible compared to James Conner. Because then, that's the thing. He doesn't come back. I mean, the Steelers don't really need him. I mean, they could obviously use him. But if he came back, played terrible, he for sure would not be getting any, that money still. So, who knows? But yeah. Uh, so, off of that, um, speaking about crazy people on Twitter, my man, Zach Thomas, the old Ohio state coach that is tearing Chris Herman's life or Tom Herman's life apart. 
So I, I saw this actually in the belly up group chat, uh, by the way, folks, if we ever do publish this, when we b- make it big, it's a must read, <laughs> but cause it's about 30 idiots arguing about the stupidest crap in sports, but we all think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. As, as one of the chief idiots, I will tell you that it, it gets pretty entertaining, but this was funny because I don't know. So how does Brett McMurphy come to this? Cause they were arguing about this today too with him, but I guess, um, I saw this. We're talking about Tom Murphy being at a strip club. Tom 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 Herman being at a strip club, and and like how he's cheating on his wife and everything. And this is coming from a dude who literally beat his wife senseless, and Urban Meyer covered it up. Well, the and, funny part is that he's trying to like save himself by freaking out, which just means what do you think he did when she, he got pissed at his wife? Like he freaked out. Like he's just proving that he's a psychopath. I mean, yeah, it's just this whole situation. I always knew Tom Herman was kind of a, a kind of. I'm not gonna say scum because this is not. I don't know the guy personally, but yeah. he always seemed like one of those guys who just is like kind of sketchy. A I little mean, bit. He's it all allegedly. Vibe. Still, he, it's all allegedly, but like even like the way he acts on the field, I'm not a fan. So like yeah. when Mike, my boy Mike Gundy in the Super Mullet pulled off the upset a couple weeks ago, and he came charging on the field, screaming and yelling, yeah. and I'm like. Dude, your player is the one who committed the foul. His who need, he also needs a haircut too. Yeah. I don't remember the linebacker's name, but that dude needs to get his haircut. Oh uh, yeah, I forget but, um, too. Uh, but he's the one who made the. He was the one who like did the did the dirty play on the, when Oklahoma State was taking the knee. And Tom Herman comes out like crying foul and stuff. And you know what the thing is like. And then also, like, the whole Will Greer thing, that stuff cracked me up, too. Like, Tom Herman's the sorest loser in college football. Like, even, er- even like, Nick Saban, when he loses, he's, like, a gracious loser. Like, even when, like, Clemson knocked him off, he was like, oh, well, Dabo, that was a great win. Like, yeah. Good job. Even when I'm to congratulate Deshaun Watson. So, I'm like, I'm looking at this, like, huh, okay. Like, like Tom Herman doesn't give me reason not to trust to trust him here. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. I'm not going to say if he's right, wrong, or not. If they actually all this comes out and says it's proven, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it's not, I'm like, eh, whatever. Zach Smith's kind of scum. So whatever. Well, the two best parts about this whole thing is Zach Smith's freaking out. Like, he fired like eight tweets at him. But he, in the one part, he's saying, like, I was in the massage parlor and saw you get your happy ending. Which is like, dude, you were with him. Like, you're not defending yourself. If you were married at the time, too, like, you just sound like an idiot, one. And I, Zach Thomas, if you're listening to this, you're probably going to tweet at me because you're not crazy. But, uh, <laughs> and then the whole thing with uh, Tom Herman, and his response was, cool, hook him. Like, like, just the cat, like, these guys, I can't imagine when they were friends and the crazy shit they actually did. But, oh my gosh. But yeah, that whole thing is just, been out of control um speaking of out of control the la rams and the kansas city chiefs monday game has been moved it is not in mexico city anymore i you know what i heard it's for field conditions and i'm you like did, did you see the pictures i didn't see the pictures yet oh so my god send them to actually if you could text them to me right now or one of those pockets i would appreciate They're, this they but, are brutal well i also know azteca stadium is just a a dump when they before they get it ready because like it's Mexico City and you know it's so sad Mexico City is such a gorgeous place but it's just it, that country is just in a bad spot right now. And so well, they had they, Shakira concert the night before, like two like a week ago. I know and that that like that's just book that's a stupidity of booking and like the thing is like especially like it's it's not like the NFL like where like la, like the Miami Duke game was two weeks ago and it was a downpour and then somehow they got the field ready at at uh, Hard Rock for the Dolphins game the next day, and the the field looked fine. 
But th- that's a, that's a pro level grounds crew. This is you're looking at guys who are making like a tenth of what, oh, and they're yeah. not even going to put half the effort in. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he did. Holy I just sent mother. it to him, and he oh, just I saw this it. on ins- I saw this on Instagram. Yep. All right, folks, we're gonna retweet this on the corner booth po- on the corner booth uh, Twitter after the show. By the way, follow us at Corner Booth Pod, and at of course your boy. My tag is Belly Up Jared. Mark, yours is Mark Riley, but the L's are ones. Yep, it's, it's pretty lit. All right, <laughs> those are those are our Twitter accounts. Of, of course, if all else, follow the podcast Corner Booth Pod. We tend to tweet out some funny stuff, and uh, so the, yeah, that's crazy. I am like. Now I understand what I did. I thought, oh, maybe it was just like groundhog things in the water. I, I, I mean, on the turf or something like that, like something stupid like that. But I mean, hey, they let him play at Houston Stadium, which is absolute garbage. So I mean, like, and yeah, gets possible, but... well, they just moved, they moved it back to the Ram Stadium, which is like, I mean, they're playing, so they'll be playing at the Coliseum. But uh, so yeah, and then two more things in this rundown. We got the um, college football rankings came out about couple hours ago, and the top 10 did not change. UCF is still not in the top 10. They're at 11. <laughs> I, they just cry. I love hearing that. They jumped up gets, to 11. So, I mean, gets every UFC, UFC, UCF fan so tight. And I love uh, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like much can change. If the top four wins out, they're staying. Georgia beats Bama. You're going to have two SEC teams. LSU still at seven. I think they're just there because um, they can't really go up. Or down right now. I think it, you need like the West Virginia's, Ohio State, Washington States that are behind them to win, and then they'll jump in front of them. But yeah. so nothing really changed. I was watching the show with the selections, and it, like they didn't know what to talk about. They're like, it's the same as last week. Like great TV, but uh, makes for a better podcast. Uh, so and then to wrap up the rundown, we have to. I want to. I don't know if you're a huge uh, Marvel guy. Stanley passed away. I'm a big yeah. Marvel guy. Uh, I figured I let's up. give some tribute to that. I figured, I thought, I remember talking to you before you were talking about all that kind of stuff. And Stanley, man, made an impact on a lot of people's lives. I, um, he made a big impact on mine because, uh, I, my, one of my favorite, my favorite superhero, of course, is Thor. People should know that. I mean, I have a Stormbreaker axe hanging off my keychain. I watched, I've seen every Marvel movie at least five or six times. Uh, he's one of those guys who, like, changed pop culture forever him yeah. and jack kirby when they created marvel comics and like you know to some kids and some people like me superheroes were something we'd look to when our when our professional athlete heroes would disappoint us so like and it's so funny he, I think he would always talk about like how heroes are everywhere and heroes are real life and everything else he based things on real life events real life people and it's so cool to me a man who honestly has been around for so long he's done such great stuff and it honestly, like, I think everyone should respect him so much because he's one of the great men of cinema and media. Like, he's an I, he's like on the Mount, I think he, I would put him on the Mount Rushmore of American media. Yeah. Because he changed so much. And I, I was, I actually almost teared up a little when I saw that because, like, I'm a big Marvel guy. Like, Iron Man, like, Iron Man, the original, was like the first movie I watched over and over that wasn't a Lord of the Rings movie. And then like, you know, Thor and Captain America and yeah. Civil, and it became like a religion. Like I made sure I like 
on my day off, I went and saw Venom by my. I didn't even care. I went by myself. Like nobody could go with me, so I sat there in an empty movie there by myself, watched Venom. I loved it. Yep. And the thing is, like, it's things like that. Like this guy's like everyone talks about. Oh, Batman's better. Batman's better. I'm like, well, yeah, but Marvel is like the greatest collection of heroes and villains ever, and it just shows by how big the cinematic universe has been. So honestly, R.I.P. to one of the greatest American media to a legend. Time. To yep. a legend, and um. A little quick note to Mike Francesa, who said on his show today, I don't know who Stan Lee is, I don't read comic books. Uh, screw you, Mike. Uh, you suck. Uh, you should have stayed retired or napping in the in the booth. Nobody likes you. Um, last thing in the rundown, I actually discovered this. I tweeted it to our, our friend Josh, who's a big FSU guy, who actually wrote an article about you about how Kelly Bryant would be an Auburn Tiger. He is not officially committed yet, and... I told this to Mark before the podcast, and I am getting a little jumpy and jittery and hype because apparently he is scheduled a visit with the Miami Hurricanes. So oh, I don't shoot. know what it means. Uh, if Kelly Bryant goes to Miami next year, they are a top 10 team without question because they are f- essentially got a guy who was good enough to take Clemson to the brink of a national title. And you're going to a team in Miami who can recruit the hell, who can recruit speed and power all over. I think Mark Rick needs to get his play calling back in order, but besides that, that team is amazing, and the quarterback play is what's killed them this year. Um, but Kelly Bryant going to Miami, that would be insane. It's still hypothetical, though. He can still go to Auburn. He can still go to South Carolina. We don't know. Or you, better hope, you better hope your boy Nikozi Perry doesn't hear this. You know what? Nikozi Perry needs to get his crap together, too. I mean, yeah, he's young, and he, but I think he's just... I, You know, it's not his fault. He's a good player. But Mark Rick needs to let this kid just sling the ball. I was going to say, he's not giving the confidence with he's going to have Rozier and all that. Leak Rozier needs to be removed from the Miami football team. He is so bad. He's and, removed. You know as soon as he said his name wasn't Rozier, he said it was Rozier. I was like, no, what, dude? We're going to call you what you want because you stink. Yeah. You're not as good as Terry Rozier. Scary Terry. <laughs> Scary so get the, hell out, get the hell out of here. Nobody likes you. Like, you know, he played great last year, but then he got all mopey at the end of it and was like, you know what? I'm gonna do. Uh, he's he got all mopey for the last like three games of the season, and played like garbage. And I was not surprised at all when Nikozi Perry was playing by game three. I just hated yeah. that Rick kept flip flopping. It killed our season. But that's the rundown. Mark that is Richard the week ten it's... rundown. Yep. And uh, all right, so we are talking. Oh, college games first for games to look forward to this week. And first off, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Uh, Iowa State, Texas. Big, big weekend again for the Big 12. Only not, I mean, you got, we're talking about this, Iowa State, Texas. Huge for the uh, Big 12 championship. If Iowa State wins this game and wins out, then they need West Virginia to uh, then lose to Oklahoma, and then they end up taking the reins of the Big 12. Um, but yeah, I mean, Texas, Tom Herman, they almost lost again last week. They ended up pulling out the victory. Iowa State's been playing well. I mean, yeah, this is a big game. Definitely tune in to it. I think it's going to be one of the big games. There's not that many big games this weekend. Yeah, this week was, there's always three ranked on ranked games this week. I'm a little disappointed. This, this is the part of college. Is right. Like the biggest game this week should have been West Virginia, Miami, but both teams have completely gone in the crapper. So, um, so honestly, this week I don't even know where they're going for college whoa, game day. Whoa, 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 whoa! Mountaineers haven't gone to the crapper. Let's get. Let's. Get I that. said Virginia Tech. Oh, you definitely said West Virginia. We'll, we'll play it back. 
Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I might have had a mouth slip up because Mark, of course, is a West Virginia fan. I am a Miami fan, so I think it's where my brain went. But, um, yeah, no, West Virginia, of course, I got to give you respect. They're like one of the best. They're probably, they're probably going to win the Big 12. I honestly think they're my pick right uh, now. I freaking hope so. I honestly think if they go into Norman, they could beat Kyler Murray. Seriously. Well, where they're, they're playing in Morgantown, so that's even better. Oh, they're playing. Oh, now so. I really. But if we, to... beat, if we went out and beat them, then we'd have to uh, play them again in Jerry World. So that should be interesting. Well, that should be. That, I mean, that would be a, a double. That would be back to back weeks, right? Yep. Eight days apart. That would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be like playing like a world. That would be playing like a like an NLD ALDS or something like that for college football. I would love it. Seriously, best like two out of three almost. But uh, that's so how yeah. happened with the Cowboys and Eagles a couple years ago in the division round. Um, yeah, it didn't work out so well for the birds. I'm pretty hey, sure. Hey, we're not gonna. Hey, listen, we've won a title <laughs> since Cowboys haven't won since I since true. I was since before I was born. Actually, by the way, fun fact. Um, both of us were born actually. I don't know unless yep. you were born, but you're what you're what month are you born? September. Okay, I'm a March baby. So, yeah, they haven't won a Super Bowl since a month and a half before I was born. Sweet. All right, Cowboys burn. All <laughs> and right. that's the Corner Booth Podcast. Fun <laughs> fact of the day. There we go. I'm, I might have to add a little sound effect, a little ding um, <laughs> at the end. All right, so the last one is Cincinnati UCF. Um, I love, you know me, I have like a secret little love for the Bearcats. I, I, it's, it's a weird reason. They're always on when I go to get my Christmas tree every year for some reason. I, I don't know why. I'm not kidding you. Every year, that last Saturday, they're always playing a game against Houston or SMU or, or like Pitt or back when Pitt was in the, was in the Big East. But like, and so it's, so it's, it's kind of cool to me. I always watch the Bearcats. So like, I've always kind of been a fan, like watching them as they're kind of like my pro, my little brother rooting for a team. So like, your Bearcats while you get your trade all just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, it's fun. It was like the random, most random little fact, but I always see the Bearcats on at the end of the year and every year it's always like, Oh, they always lose. They're always losing out. Like I like them back in the years. And they had Isaiah Pete and Tony Pike and Brian Kelly was under center. I mean, I mean, under the microphone on the headset, but, uh, I think yeah. Cincy might pull an upset here, and this is why. Like, I think UCF's like kind of bucking for it because you know they're so concerned about the top ten ranking and everything else, and they're trying to get like this. I think is their slip up game, like where Cincy's going to walk in and out and beat them in a shootout. See, that's the thing. Like, I kind of want UCF to win just so when they go undefeated and don't make the playoff, it's just a huge controversy again, which is terrible. But I don't really care for UCF. <laughs> South Dallas is gone, so I don't really care. But. I mean, uh, I just still think, though, that UCF just has to have one game where they don't give up, like, so many points. Because if they – if Cincy goes – I don't know if it's home or away, but if they go and play each other and Cincy it's doesn't it's put it's up any it's points. UCF. It's, so, it's going to be mean, a warm-weather game. So, I mean, that, like, would that, – that's no advantage for really anybody. I don't know how the home field advantage is at, at the Golden Knights Stadium, but, like, it's – I don't know. I think I, UCF might actually – I mean, this could be, like, a – you could call this a trap game. It's whatever. Because now that Cincinnati's ranked and UCF knows how important this is, it's either they're going to come out and just show the world that they are just beating a Cincinnati team that just got barely ranked. but Or they're going to be like too much pressure, choke, and be like, damn, they're one shot to actually prove that we could beat somebody somewhat respectable, and then they blow it. So I don't well, know. I mean, it's toss-up. I have not decided on that one yet. We could always ask our resident Amer- American athletic homer, uh, Rattlesnake, what he thinks about this, But because um, he's a big Houston guy. But Cincinnati's 9-1. They're not a slack team. I think it's just because they're in the AAC. They really haven't gotten any love. So uh, that's why they're 24. But you know what? I, I still I have a weird feeling that like, since he could pull off one of those crazy upsets. But we'll see what happens. Um, NFL time now. 
we've got some we got a lot of good games this weekend like it isn't like last week where a lot of them were garbage timers this is actually some we have five good games on so first off we talked about um the uh we didn't really talk that much about the Monday night game, so I guess we're gonna have to cover it. But uh Colts and Titans is a big one. AFC South. Uh like I honestly think the Titans are gonna this essentially determines who's gonna be the second best team in that conference, in that division. Because you know you have the Texans who are like high and away better than the rest of the teams because their defense and Watson's picking it up and they can run the football finally. But the Col- the Titans come off a big win, Colts coming off an okay win against the Jaguars. What do you think? I think my boy Andrew Luck's going to show you that oh he's pretty my good. God. <laughs> I think he's going to get out dueled by Mariota. Just like in right. college. Just like in college when Oregon walked into Stanford and Palo Alto and knocked him off with Mariota under center and Luck went home a little upset. Um, Just because Mariota's a system quarterback. <laughs> Mariota honestly has a lot of raw talent that people don't give him credit for. But oh, I agree. I'm just busting because of Stanford. Some of those throws he made last week were like my the one but, he threw in between like three different defenders was uh, pretty wild. I don't really know if that was that game or the Cowboys game. I don't know, but he threw this one ball that was in between three defenders. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, no. And the thing is, like, he has so much speed running. Like, it, it's like watching Oregon Mariota, which is kind of beautiful because, like, I used to root for him when he was at Oregon, so it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Titans might take this. I'm not sure yet. You'll see. I think they do win the game, but I think it's not because I think that. Colts defense just gets exposed. Yeah, because they're they they were bad. Uh, a really dysfunctional Philadelphia team was able to drive down the field the final minutes and score on them. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, but well, you'll see our picks, of course, in the in the corner booth article, which will be up Friday morning as usual. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, Texans Redskins. I think this is the. I keep saying this, but I think this is the exposure game for the Skins. I think Houston walks in there and just absolutely beats the living daylights out of them for an for for an hour and then walks out. Well, of course they're going to do that because the NFC East just looks worse and worse, and that's just how it's going to be. Like there's no team that can just take over. So now the Redskins finally are going to have the opportunity, and they're going to choke. So they are the pinnacle. Of the, they are the pinnacle of mediocrity. Yeah, um, we're on the same page with that one. I think. Yeah. Um. Eagles Saints. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my Eagles. I'm getting an Eagles logo tattooed on my chest in about a month and a half. I am a diehard fan. They are when I, everyone says who my favorite sports team is, it's Philadelphia Eagles, no question. I will say this: chips are stacked against us in this game. I actually think we have a better chance of knocking off LA than we do New Orleans. But there's a very big but here. If we can run the ball with Josh Adams, because when we actually gave him the ball against Dallas, our offense looked really good. And that's what, like, he, I saw flashes of Adams just bowling through dudes. Like, he was, like, watching his Notre Dame film all over again. And um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be, like, a 42-38 game. Either Bree, it's either going to, I think this, this is going to kill me to say this. I think the Saints are going to get like some late field goal or they're going to score and the Eagles have to go down the field. And then Wentz is going to have to throw a deep ball like Ertz or Jeffrey. And they're going to get, try to caught in the ladder like they did this week. And it's going to end up with the Eagles are in the fall in the four and six. But I don't know. I, I, I think, I think that at all, I, I think that sounds like a heartbreaking loss that I don't even feel like thinking about. I uh, I think that what's going to happen is is that if it's a shootout, we're in trouble. I think our secondary now, or the Eagles secondary now with Darby, is in trouble. Sidney Jones and Jalen Mills, if they're healthy, in trouble still. I think that 
Drew Brees is going to just torch them. I don't think they have a chance. I think everyone's kind of losing hope right now. If we lose one more, I think their locker room might be lost. And then, but I, I don't know. I think the Saints are just going to run through them. But that's just me. Yeah, because um, you gotta have no hopes, and then maybe something good will happen out of it. Hey, listen, man. There's there there's a line from Lord of the Rings. I quote this way too much. Called there was never hope, just a fool's hope, and that's <laughs> that's that's the way the Eagles season looking right now. Exactly. All right, uh, oh, Vikes and Bears. Now, I have an interesting take about this. The Vikings to me have never been that impressive, and like they beat us. But it was literally a bad call by Doug Peterson not to use uh, not to use Jake Elliott in the fourth quarter that killed us. That was the only reason we lost that game. And it's interesting to me because like they haven't had a signature win where they've blown the living doors off a team. And you take on a Bears team that's playing really well, who can rush the passer, and Mr. Trubisky's playing really good football, and they can run the football. Yeah, speaking well. of rushing the passer. <laughs> Cleo Mack is an animal. Lost around that defense. That one play they showed where he just pancaked. Not even the lineman that was flat-footed. He was on his toes. He still got tossed back. It was Cleo Mack is just a animal in a human's body, and it's yeah. hilarious to watch. He is literally a bear playing human, playing for the bears, Seriously. and it's it's insane. I I just I look at this game and I'm 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 doing an over under. Mack has two. Two and a half sacks by the end of the end of the game, and I could see. I mean, I just I can just picture Kirk Cousins just getting smacked around I by. Dalvin Cook will have a decent game because you know the Bears do struggle with stopping opposing running backs, but I think Cousins is just going to be on his back a lot on Sunday. Well, so, this is a prime time game, correct? Mm-hmm. So I know. Well, then of course, then Cousins is terrible in prime time games. So, yeah. so I mean, I'm, the Bears so the Bear, are probably going to run. Bears by forty. Yeah, <laughs> that's sold. Just, just we're done. Yeah, that that one's ring it up. All right, and then on Monday night game because of course we missed it. Um, Rams and Chiefs. God, I don't know how this is like the perfect Monday night game. I literally might go to the bar, call and just get an Uber there and Uber back and just sit there with two two like steins of beer and a bunch of wings and just watch because <laughs> this looks amazing. Like. Mahomes versus, I mean, I still think Jared Goff's overrated. I think that offense is just so loaded that, like, even a trained monkey could, like, put up 30 points. But, like, Jared Goff's an okay quarterback. He's a solid B-minus kind of guy. He's better than Prescott, but not a Wentz or a Mahomes. But anyway, I want to see my boy Tyreek Hill go off. I want to see my, I want to see, like, Todd Gurley have four touchdowns. And Kareem Hunt, it's going to be, it, it might be 77 to 7. I mean, seventy seven. You're not even wrong. Like this is Big Twelve football in the NFL. It's like gonna be. It's gonna be insane, and I'm so excited. Like I want to see like the most high scoring game in NFL history, and then Goodell be like, okay, maybe we need to stop dropping, stop these defensive rules. Like, I would I'm, just laugh my ass off if this was like a fourteen to thirteen game, and like for some Marcus reason, Peters not. Has, like four picks or yeah. like you know like. Like, like Jared Goff has, like, his, like, crap game where he throws, like, seven interceptions or something like that. You know, like, I would laugh hysterically, but I just – I it could be, like, a 63 to 70 game, and I'd be, like, so happy. I'd I'm be, worried, like – I'm just worried that the uh, the Chiefs are going to lose, and there's going to be, like, oh, is Mahomes now? Is he not as good? It's, like, dude, these people have won games. But I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game if you don't watch – like, 
Monday night is probably Monday and Sunday night. Two good night games to end the, the weekend. Back to back week. I mean, like not this week, but like last week, the Sunday and Monday night games were pretty good. I mean, Sunday night, it was the Sunday night game last week. As much as I was disappointing this week, it was a good game. Philly and Dallas lived up to the hype. You kidding um, me? Nick Mullins and Eli Manning last night. That was uh, a fun game to watch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But like, it was the two worst teams in fo- two of the worst oh, yeah. teams in football. Minus the Raiders, so I want to see a Raiders Giants game so bad. Oh God, two <laughs> oh teams God. that are that'd be so horrible. Oh my God, but it'd be yeah. so fun to watch because I and Gruden would lose to the Giants because the Raiders are the worst team in NFL history, and I would just laugh hysterically. <laughs> oh my God! All oh, right, but now it is time for your boys segment. It is time for last call or the final note, as it used to be referred to. But ladies and gentlemen. Me and Mark's Philadelphia Eagles are four and five. They lost to Dallas uh, two nights ago. I'm still a little annoyed about it. I have friends who are Dallas fans where it won't li- li- leave me alone, and I just don't want to hear it because I'm like, yes, you guys won a game, but you've delayed inevitable. You've delayed your own suffering, and here's why. Unfortunately for the Dallas Cowboys, they don't have a franchise quarterback, at least by NFL standards. Dak Prescott is a B minus C plus quarterback. You saw it multiple times during the game. He made some horrible throws. He got lucky because it was pretty much a high school varsity secondary and Malcolm Jenkins out there playing defense. You don't believe me. Ronald Darby tore his ACL. Jalen Mills in a sprained foot. Sidney Jones has Darren Sproles' hamstrings. There was no way in hell that a trained monkey couldn't start tearing that defensive secondary apart. Malcolm Jenkins can't play five different positions. And that's why the defense had to stop dropping linebackers, and that's why Zeke started going crazy. For anybody who thinks the Cowboys are now the team to beat in the NFC East, besides Washington, are morons. Philadelphia, unfortunately, has been hit with the injury bug. And it sucks to see, because Carson Wentz is playing his best career year stats-wise. That 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 interception to Van Der Esch was god-awful. And the, and the screen pass to Corey Clement when they had an easy drive right in to win the game was stupid. But I think Doug Peterson also is working at the kinks. Here, the things about people are freaking out. I'm going to impart a little wisdom to you quick. I'm just going to go through some football dynasty. I'm not calling as a dynasty. I'm saying, like, here's some old dynasties. Patriots, they did not win 0-2. The Buccaneers did. The Dallas Cowboys did not repeat after the first Super Bowl. Neither did the Steelers. Near, uh, the thing is, dynasty, the first year is always crazy. There's always a hangover. I'm Name me a team besides the 2003-2004 Patriots who's repeated. But you know what the thing was? They had already experienced a down year, which is 2002. They made, they made the playoffs and lost. Philadelphia, at best, is going to make the playoffs at 10 and six, and they're going to make. They're probably going to go deep because you know what they can out, they can beat probably half. There's only two teams in the NFC. I can't see them beating. They could even possibly even take out the Rams if they if they get the Rams on a bad day. I think the Saints are unbeatable. My Super Bowl pick right now, and you're going to think this is crazy, is the Saints and Chargers. Because I just love the Chargers defense, especially going against a guy like Mahomes. And they just seem to always beat the Patriots when it matters most in the playoffs. But here's the thing, Philadelphia fans and NFL media. Do not play Do not play the Eagles as dead. This is their down year. What it's champions don't, champions don't panic, they reload. They don't rebuild, they reload. 
And the thing is, I guarantee you, Howie Roseman, the second the Eagles season's over, is going to be either calling up Jay Ajayi and some and like and be like, "Listen, we'll take you back, but you're going to have to take a cut, right?" Ajayi, since he loves Philly, will probably be like, "Yeah, sure, I want to win another ring, blah blah, blah whatever." Unless Ajayi's crazy, Alshon Jeffrey's still in a contract. They'll probably be able, hopefully they'll be able to resign Brandon Graham, but they get Barnett back. I think they have one more year with Bennett. They still have, I think Chris Long's probably going to retire. But the thing is, Philadelphia is not a team that loses their head. They're not, they've never been built like that. Even when they lost Andy Reid, that team was like smooth transition right into Chip Kelly. They went win the division at 11, 10 and 6. The thing is with Philadelphia, and people got to realize this is, is not a badly run organization. Jeff Lewis is a great owner. Ty Rosen's one of the best jams in football. Doug Peterson, as much as people give him crap for how risky and how ballsy he can be, and everyone's like, oh, he's losing the locker room. He's not losing the locker room. There's a lot of animosity because people got to get a reality check. And I'm calling out everybody in that locker room. I know Wentz, Cox, Jenkins, Graham, Chris Long, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey. These guys aren't losing their heads. It's a lot of – Alshon Jeffrey. These guys aren't losing their heads. It's the young guys, the guys who have not been there, who who won a Super Bowl in the rookie year or in their second year and are getting all this hype and are doing all this crazy stuff. You know what the thing is? It's not going to happen this year. I've accepted that. I mean, if we may off the miracle run, we rip off like a eight-game stretch of wins and go off and win the Super Bowl, I'd be so happy. I'd be like, all right, you know, greatest, greatest comeback ever. But here's the thing. Most likely it won't happen. Philadelphia will be fine. We'll still have our Lord and Savior Carson Wentz. We'll still have our core players. And you know what the best part about all this is? We have the best GM in football. He will go out and make deals. You know what? I feel fine about Philadelphia. If we don't win this year, if we don't make the playoffs, whatever. We reload. It means we get a better draft. We go out and get the a good running back in the draft. And, oh, look, now we're, we're a good team again. So, you know what? Honestly, people got to calm down. It's not the end of the world. Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys just upstate mediocre. Because you know what's going to happen? They're going to lose next week to Atlanta. And now, oh, it's fire Jason Garrett bringing Lincoln Riley. And it's going to be hilarious. Because you know what? It's the difference in how an organization run. And I'm surprised to say this, but the Redskins are actually a good organization run right now compared to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I just said a Dan Snyder organization is good. And I I just, you know what, I think people got to calm down. There's little things about the training staff. Talking about, yeah, maybe there might be something where the training staff needs to get fired because, you know, we have like eight of our key players are on IR. But like I said, it's not our year. It's fine. Okay. I love my Eagles. I will love my Eagles till I go in there. I might get an Eagles logo thrown on my tombstone. All right? My you're wife, getting it on your chest. <laughs> my wife might have to sing Fly Eagles Fly at our wedding. That's what's going to happen. But the thing is, it's what it is. All right? Eagles fans, calm down. We will be fine. The season, we may not make the playoffs. We might. We might make a chance to tell you. Hell, we might win the Super Bowl. I don't know. But you know what? Right now, it may not happen. It's not like last year where we were the team of destiny. This year... It's looking a little ugly, but you know, it's teaching us humility because honestly, during the off season, I was getting a little sick of hearing all this crap and I'm an Eagles fan. I was like, all right, guys, guys, we won a Super Bowl. That's great. But new season. So, all right, Mark, what do you think? <laughs> I think that if I was at a bar, that'd be my best class call I've ever witnessed because there was plenty of time to get a couple more drinks in that one. <laughs> I, you know, I've been, I've been holding that one in for three weeks. I was because... going to say, I was like, say it with your chest, but <laughs> Kevin Hart reference Philly guy, yep. but yeah, um, that's, that's honestly how I feel. I look at it like this: I'm like, you can't. It's you gotta look at it like if we want to be considered in the same breath 
as like as like New England, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay, team or San Francisco teams that have consistently won titles. We cannot act like a Seattle or a St. Louis or a Baltimore and just go crazy when we don't win the next year. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I know. I mean, I I think like you said, it, it's it's weird year because it feels like we're done, but the NFC is just so terrible right now. Nobody trusts the Redskins to actually win it. So I mean. It's still this year definitely up in the air, but I agree with you. Don't get your hopes up. There's just no point. So I mean, never lose hope, but at the same time, like, be ready to be disappointed. And the thing is, like, also, like, just because we don't win next this year, the football is going to be here in 2019. And you bet your ass, Howie, the baller, Roseman, is literally going to be on the phone the second the Super Bowl is over, calling up. Everyone from Le'Veon Bell to Jay Ajayi to Patrick Peterson to anybody, big name free agent who's up. And it's going to be March 7th. It's going to be like Christmas 2.0 in Philly because you guarantee, I guarantee you, Howie Roseman is going to be just going baller status, ripping trades, dropping bad. I guarantee Jalen Mills will not be an Eagle next year. I think, I think Jim Schwartz has had enough of him getting blown in coverage. I think we might go out and get a big name corner. I think we will. We'll put him alongside Darby, keep Jones in the slot, and oh look, Philadelphia's got a disgusting receiving core. We'll probably go get a safety because I think McLeod's done. So you know, honestly, champions don't rebuild; they reload. We'll be fine. And the Eagles fans need to remember, we suffered through so much to even get one Super Bowl last year. Plus so don't years. act like this isn't what we're used to. Oh my God, 1960 was the last time we won a title. Guys, chill. It's okay. We're not going to repeat. I know I was running my mouth about it, but it's early in the season, especially to my ex-girlfriend, a couple of Patriots, or a couple other Patriots fans. But you know what the best part is? The Patriots probably aren't winning a Super Bowl either. So yeah. we'll t- we took those bastards down with us. Because yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I think it will be a, 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 a old San Diego reunion. It's going to be it's going to be Chargers versus Saints. I love the Chargers. I'm so high on them. I love that defense, and I absolutely love their running game balance with Gordon and Phil Rivers chucking the ball. I think the I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL right now, and I honestly I don't see anything. I don't I don't see the Rams beating them because they do the one thing the Rams can't do, and that's play consistency. Both sides of the ball. The Rams are a big play defense. They cannot stop consistency, and that's why I think we have a shot at, at beating them. Yep. It's the same reason because we can play ugly games. The Rams cannot, and they've proved that they need to score. They need to score fast. So that's why Seattle's almost beat them twice. So, and we're a better team than Seattle by far. So, um, that's about it for the week. Mark, you got anything else? Nope. I think uh, another good week. Um, another good week in sports coming up too. I mean, like I said, we could do this forever, but uh, we're obviously a little bit out of time here. And then uh, I guess yeah, just tune in next week. Definitely, folks. So, uh, by the way, like I said, follow us on the Corner Booth Podcast. Uh, it's Corner Booth Pod on Twitter. Uh, Facebook page should be coming this week, as well as possibly on Instagram. We're debating it. Um, also, follow me, Billy up Jared, Mark Riley, Mark Riley with the two L's and ones. I might have to change that just because it's so hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, just do it to Belly at Mark with a C because I don't think that other Mark's coming back. But uh, so. Thank you for a great show, guys. By the way, check out the check out the site also, BillySports.com. There's swag up there. There's other great podcasts. Also good articles. Keep liking, sharing, supporting us. We appreciate it. Have a good week, and we will see y'all next week.
This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.